I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why, hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Cameron Stewart to my Jared Bowen. It's Justin Peach. I'm always happy to be Jared Bowen again in this scenario, obviously. If you say so. It's been a crazy weekend, Justin. A crazy weekend full of forgotten players scoring winners. Man Biram Jew for Stoke. (sighs) Abubakar Kamara for Fulham. I'm half expecting Lord Lucan to turn up on the score sheet somewhere. It's been that kind of week <laughs> where players have just popped up out of nowhere and become the heroes for their teams. We'll get onto that in a sec. But we'll start off with the first game, Blackburn-Barnsley. We're starting with that because Barnsley have a new manager. It's Gerhard Struber, who sounds a bit like somebody from a Roald Dahl book. And it's, he also looks like a stereotypical villain from any action film. Uh, it sounds more like a... A bad guy from Die Hard, to be honest. Yes, exactly, exactly. Mr. Struber. He joins from Wolfsburger in Austria. I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I did say a couple of weeks ago, Mm -hmm. I don't know why anyone would leave their job to go to Barnsley. But he says his target for Barnsley this season is surviving relegation. Well, he's he's gone from a a fairly comfortable league. They're they're performing relatively well, Wolfsburger, and they're they're in in the Europa League. And they're in the Europa League, so... It's going from there to a relegation battle in the championship. He's got to be confident. Well, he's <laughs> definitely confident. Whether that's false confidence, I'm not too sure. Mm. I don't give them any chance of staying up, really, unless Struber turns out to be the Austrian Mourinho. The uh, Otmar Hitzfeld. There you go. He's Swiss, but... Interestingly, only one of his first seven games is against a side in the top ten. Okay. So do you think clubs are purposely waiting for an easy run before appointing a manager? No. But that's it's, what the people were saying that's what Solskjaer did at Man U. They were waiting until Man U didn't have to play any of the top six. It seems like more clubs are doing that now. I think in Barnes's case, the stakes are a bit higher, i.e. Mm. relegation. Um, I don't think that was the case. I think they're literally, what is it? it's been about six weeks, hasn't it? It's been a long time since yeah. Stendhal went. A it's long been, time. I think that's more more or less a case of they approached people and no one was really interested. It didn't seem like they were really trying too hard for an next manager. It's almost like they were giving Adam Murray a go to see if he Perhaps, was up to the task. They have a bit more of a complex recruitment system at Barnsley in what, how they recruit players. I imagine it might be fairly similar in terms of coaching staff. What do you think he needs to change to give Barnsley any chance of staying up this season? Well, they conceded a lot of goals. A hell of a lot of goals. So that would be an obvious one. And they conceded three yesterday against Blackburn. Mm. Again, defensively, 
not looking assured at all. They're a bit of a shambles, aren't they? They've, yeah. been, they've conceded two goals fewer than they did for the whole of last season. Mm-hmm. I, I think I don't think this side needs a new coach. I think it needs ex- relatively experienced players. I think that's that, that's the the difference. At the start of the season, I was fairly content in thinking Barnsley might have a chance of staying up. I think I predicted roughly about 13th, 14th. Well, yeah, we had, them, we had them around mid-table, really, didn't yeah. we? Because they have got some good players there. Yeah. Um, when we did have that prediction, I suppose we kind of forgotten the fact that they lost three of their best players. Four when you include Kiefer Moore. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's a... <laughs> That's I, I think that's what the squad is missing. I don't think so. A new coach is going to be players in January. Yeah, that, that's I think that's the difference. I don't think a new manager is going to get the best out of him. Is he a better coach than Daniel Stendel? Jory's out. I mean, the Austrian Bundesliga. We don't I imagine, know too much about him, do we? No, I, I have no clue about the Austrian league at all. But I imagine it's fairly similar to the German Bundesliga. I.e., there are a couple of big teams in there, and then the rest are made up of. The rest. A lot, of, a lot of leagues around Europe are like that, aren't they? Exactly. Let's talk about his first game in charge. It was a 3 2 defeat to Blackburn. Not a terrible performance, but as you say, defensively, they let themselves down. Um, what did you make of it? <sighs> as I said, they're still making mistakes at the back. They'll always create chances, Barnesville, because they've got the, the there is a quality of player there to, mm. to, to do it. And Woodrow, he's got 16 and 13, and he's, obviously, he's evidently Barnes's most dangerous player going forward. Other players have got to step up to it. There aren't many in there that have had championship experience. You know, you've got the likes of Connor Chaplin, who scored yesterday, Luke Thomas, Jez Jacob Brown, um, Mamadou Thiem. I don't think any of those have any championship experience other than this season. So they're, they're always going to struggle in games, I think, to put, to put teams away. So you want to rely on your defence maybe to, to be a bit more resolute, and they don't have that either. So. Mm. They've got a few good players in there, and they actually say yeah. Chaplin, Mauer, Woodrow. I'm not sure they have enough quality to stay up, no. but Struber's got one hell of a job on mm-hmm. if he uh, is going to meet his target for this season. <clears throat> Let's talk Blackburn then, because this was a good win for them. And a couple of weeks ago, we said Blackburn could be dragged into a relegation battle, and surprisingly, Blackburn fans didn't actually disagree. No, for no, once. no. no. <laughs> I mean, not Blackburn fans. I mean, fans in general. When we talk about yeah, that team, yeah. uh, you'd have expected them to win here, but they did make <clears> hard work of it. Defense oh, yeah. is still a big concern for them. They yeah. only kept a clean sheet for ten games. Yeah, yeah it is a worry. And obviously, there was early discontent at the start of the season how easy they were conceding goals. And they had a little run, which was sort of a false dawn, I think, for how it might pan out in the season. There's a lot of rotation in the the Blackburn team. I look at Elliot Bennett, for example, who sometimes plays right wing. I think he's played centre mid as well. And obviously right back tells me there's not a lot of depth at right back for him to having to play there. There's not a lot of depth in the defence altogether. Um, So for me, you know, a 3-2 win against Barnsley on paper is a good result. But when you take in other aspects, i.e. the amount of goals Barnsley concede, you've got to be putting him to bed. Um, so yeah, as I say, I think it's pretty pretty much a false dawn, false dawn for yeah. him. Yeah, Bradley Dack got two of the goals. He's had seven goals this season, which is actually quite surprising. He's considering been, he's been very quietly, hasn't he? Yeah, he's not really been in great form no. this season, but he's slowly mm-hmm. mounting up the uh, goals this season. Uh, just final point: Christian Walton has been getting loads of stick from Blackburn fans. They're not too convinced about him. 
Well, they had David Ray last season, who we know how good he is. It's a bit of a downgrade, isn't that? Exactly, exactly. One thing that does frustrate me is why does Mowbray still persist with playing Sam Gallagher on the right wing? I don't know. I don't. I don't see what a player who's six foot four offers out wide. Well, they have played. There has been target men who have played on the wing before, the, like Mandzukic, for example. No, exactly. There has. However, of the ninety-eight long passes Blackburn played yesterday, Gallagher only flicked one of them on. <laughs> Good start, that. It was the only one that went to him. Fair play. So what, what's his purpose out there? Because he's not going to beat a man. No. I know they've got Elliot Bennett who's a winger. That's what Blackburn fans have been complaining about, isn't it? And we even pointed that out at the start of the season that they've got Stuart Downing, for example, but his legs have gone a bit now, so he's, well, he's having to play more central. Exactly. Uh, yesterday they played Joe Rothwell on the wing. He's, he, he needs to play more. I don't know why he's not playing he more. He was one of the better players on the pitch yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And then... Apart from that, apart from Rothwell and Downing, there aren't too many natural wingers. No. That's why they're having to play Gallagher, Armstrong. Breverton's not f- featured much this season. No. They've had to play on the wings at times, and they're all strikers. That's one of the big issues for Blackburn at the moment. Let's go to another manager who had his first game in charge. It was Neil Harris, as Charlton and Cardiff drew 2-2. What did you make of this game? I think it epitomised Cardiff's season yeah. in the fact that they're still dangerous going forward, but they concede sloppy goals. And to come from two goals behind is is great credit to, to Neil Harris. Um, two nil down at half-time. You've had one penalty shout that should have been a penalty in the first half that goes against you. Heads can go down quite easily in that, that's his, uh, that scenario. And you miss a penalty as well. It was a dreadful penalty from Hoylet. Yeah, it was. Awful. It was a really bad penalty. I think I could have saved it. <laughs> Honestly. But it, you are a fantastic goalkeeper. Some have said that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, you know, you, heads, head, heads can easily drop, especially a team that isn't in great form, which Cardiff aren't. So, especially away from home. Especially away from home. Yeah, and, it's, and it's as I say, it's credit to Neil Harris to, to pick the team up and, you know, Lee Tomlin comes out of the out of the dark and, and pops up every now and then with a, mm. a decent performance and a goal. Yeah. Harris says he isn't the new Neil Warnock. He would say that. But I reckon he's got a crown that says new Neil Warnock. And, he's, <laughs> and he loves it. He's worshipping a poster of Neil Warnock in his bedroom every day. I, I reckon he had that before he went to Cardiff. <laughs> well, he, Warnock is the king of shithousery, isn't he? And yeah. Harris is in the school of shithousery. It's a, it's a bit like... I don't know where I'm going to where I'm going to go with this. Like I don't know, the god of shithousery is is Neil Warnock, and you've got mm. disciples of like Gary Rowett and Neil Harris. They love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Harris's first game in charge. We weren't too convinced about Harris's appointment. I mean, I was. You were a bit more optimistic yeah. than me. So, how do you see this panning out? I think he. I mean, he, he completely changed it yesterday. I know they they played a lot of four four two this season. He went four two three one. Callum Patterson behind uh, Gary Medine, which was a surprise. I don't rate Gary Medine at all. And Callum Patterson's only scored one in oh, something ridiculous, something like one in twenty four. Probably even worse than that. Hmm. Um, so goals wise, you didn't really expect them to to come across. But they've got a de- they've got a half decent squad to to get into games and yeah. so obviously he was brave enough to change it 
Nelson started alongside Flint as well. The, I can see it. I could see a blueprint there going forward. Yeah, they got some tricky games coming up: Stoke, Forest, Barnsley, uh, Brentford, <laughs> <laughs> Leeds, and Preston. So ignoring the Barnsley it's game, not, tricky, I, tricky one. It's, it's tricky, but I don't think it's the worst one. Then, as I said, they're playing... get, you say that it doesn't get much more difficult than that, does it? I mean, Preston, it's Preston at home. They're playing. Mm. So, yeah. I, they're playing against Brentford. I can I can see them getting a result against Brentford. I know Brentford's form has been ridiculously good of late, but it's one of them team one of them teams that Brentford could struggle against, yeah, as we've seen before already this season. Potentially, Charlton. Uh, Mike on Twitter says Charlton played well except for a twenty five minute span at the start of the second half. Team played very well despite having four starters out with injury. Lost Cullen during the game as well. Draw sucks, but can't complain. I mean, you go two 0 up it. It's a cliche, but it feels like a defeat when you when you drop points, yeah. especially late in a game. But I think the the the, the positive for for Charlton is they're still getting results with a lengthy injury list. You have got the likes of Williams and Taylor out, who are two key players. But you've got players in there like Osterman. As I said, uh, Cullen's just got injured. That midfield diamonds one of the the the, the better ones in the league, I think. Got a lot of industry there, and some in guy, uh, some guile from from Osterman. I think you you pop Williams back in. There's a bit more creativity going forward, and probably a bit more control in in the play as well. Yeah, I thought Taylor would be back by now. He, it's frustrating. He put out a very cryptic tweet ages ago. We're talking yeah. about a month ago, saying recovery is going well. Something along the lines of I expect to be back soon. He's still not back. And to be fair, Charlton have done well without him, but it had been. Good to see how they would have done with Taylor still available. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, right. Let's move on then. Let's go to the game that has happened on Sunday. It was Borough versus Hull. It finished two-two after a Jared Burren-inspired comeback. <laughs> However, the true story of the game is Borough went to pieces after having Marvin Johnson sent off for one of the stupidest tackles I've ever seen. There's been two this weekend that have fucking. Oh yeah. Wow, just sorry, Justin Peach. <laughs> Whoops, unbelievable! They had me raging, but both of them did. I was, <laughs> I was absolutely furious with both of them. But, but we'll get onto the other yeah. one later. This one was just incredibly stupid with the circumstances of the game. Mm-hmm. So Middlesbrough two 0 up at the top, yeah. and he does this ridiculous challenge where he plants his studs in Eric Lehigh's knee. Yeah. What on earth is he doing? He's. I don't think he did. He overrun the ball. I can't. I it was like it a fifty-fifty. Yeah. Well, I hate that term, fifty-fifty. But lots of fifty-fifty. Yeah, but it, it turns into actually a, maybe it's more eighty. Well, I'd say favour Lehigh. It turns into an eighty-twenty when the player's got a knee uh, a knee-high challenge coming at you. Um, it, it's ridiculous, and it's. I, I get why Woodgate was so furious with him at the end. Oh, understandably. He basically blamed the, the result on him. Yeah. Probably isn't. Well, he, he has, he's cost probably the game. Uh, mm, he has. Crap defending's cost Oh, yeah, the, the, the defending wasn't great. And you can't do anything about Jared Bowen being probably one of the best players in the league. No. But from that point, Borough had to sit back. But well, they didn't have to sit back, but they did. And that's what teams usually do when they go down to Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And... They didn't get out their own half in the second half. That's basically it is what completely his last own fault. season was like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I completely understand Woodgate no. if he gives him an absolute bollocking because he has single-handedly cost 
Borough the game. Uh, as we say, Borough were on top in the first half and up to that point, Hall looked terrible mm-hmm. as well. Really bad. Uh, Joseph on Twitter says, uh, we played well and were the better side overall, I thought. This is Middlesbrough. A moment of madness combined with a bad substitute cost us dearly. Hall steal a point with a great strike and poor defending for the second. Positives, but we need to win games. Yeah. And that is true. Points are helpful. When you're trying to get out of the relegation zone or a relegation battle, points yeah. points do help. Absolutely. Let's talk a bit about uh, the game that doesn't involve some stupid challenge. Beautiful link-up play by Ashley Fletcher and the yeah. Sombolonga for the second goal. Mm-hmm. Delightful. Haven't seen too much of that from those two this season. They have both been woefully out of form, yeah. uh, including especially Fletcher. He's That's his first goal in 15 games. I don't think Fletcher's been in form since that loan spell at Barnsley three or four years ago. So it's nice to see him have a bit of confidence. Yeah, and he needs it. He needs it. He's still only a young lad, isn't yeah. he? I don't know how old he is, but he's still early 20s, isn't he? Is he Jesse Lingard young or is he actually young? Like, just young. <laughs> he's below 25. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, where do you think this leaves Boa? Because they're outside the relegation zone. Hmm. A win would have seen the move ahead of Wigan. I get this feeling Borough will be all right. Whether it's with Woodgate in charge, I'm not too sure. But what about you? I've said it a few times with different teams. January becomes very important, especially for a team like Borough and Hall. They've got key players out of contract, so do you cash in on them or do you risk losing one of three? Hull are, are in a better position because... They've reduced their costs massively since they got relegated. Parachute payments went a while ago. They'll be fine. That's that example. Borough, however, still got players on huge wages. So you have to cash in and take the money while you can. Ayala comes into that category. Well, a lot of them are too old, aren't they? No one's going to buy them. Well, no, there are clubs sniffing around Daniel Ayala. So if you can get one... Ayala's probably an exception, but when I think of Halson... For example, you've got these old players on big wages mm-hmm. who were out of form. Why would anyone sign them? Well, again, an example of that sort of player would be Bradley Johnson, who was on big wages at Derby, was released and he goes to Blackburn. They can still do a job at certain teams. They might they might get picked up, they might not. Beside the point in the fact that, as I say, January becomes very important. Borough might decide to cash in on this on Bologna if they get an eight, nine million pound bid for no him. No one's going to pay that much for him. He's, oh, he's been, such a sceptic. No one's going to pay that much for him. He's been awful this season. So have Borough. Borough have hardly created opportunities for him. I know he's not put as many as away as he should have or, or he has done in the past, but there's still a player there. And he's but one still... of the reasons they're in that situation that they are is because of Sambalonga's out of form. The whole team's out of form, which is why they're in a rele- relegation battle at the moment. But as I say, January becomes a very important time for them. They can't bring in players because they're cash-strapped. They, don't, they can't spend on anybody. They're in a trickier position than, a, than you think they are. Again, if a Sambalonga gets injured, the main goal threat's out of, the, out of the side and you're relying on players like Ashley Fletcher, who, as you say, haven't really been informed for a while. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly precarious about Borah. I think they, they, they'll struggle for the rest of the season. They've picked up recently in terms of goals. They, they're scoring goals and they're starting to get results, but they're still conceding at a, by an alarming rate. Hmm. I'd like to see them focus more on youth. They have... Because Borough's always had a good academy. Yeah. And 
when you are as cash-strapped as they are, they should be focusing on the youth. They've Marcus Tavernier scored, and mm. he's somebody who, with a bit more confidence, could end up being a very good player mm. for Middlesbrough. And who is the left-back they had at the start of the Coulson. season? Colson. He's disappeared. I mean, they've brought in Bowler, who's a good player, but just focusing on youth, I think, should be the priority for Jonathan Woodgate because what they plan on doing for the rest of the season, I don't really know. They've just got to try and get out of the... Yeah, stay out of the relegation zone. That would be their priority. Absolutely. Let's quickly touch on Hull. This is that time of the week where he gush over Jared Bowen. That first goal. Unbelievable. The the first touch that takes him in between the two Borough players and the the confidence is to carry on and then fire into that corner without the ball touching the ground, that lift. I love Beautiful. the way Randolph just stood there and was like, fair play, can't do anything about that. Because it, it looked for one moment that it was just going to dip down and it'd be a saveable shot for Randolph and then it just did not dip at all no. and he just went into the corner. No. It, was, it, was, it was a great goal. Unfortunately, Tom Eaves has ruined everything because, As he always does. <laughs> because it might have flicked off his heel on the way in. Everyone's still giving it as a Jared Bowen goal because nobody wants that to be given to Tom Eaves, but he's obviously going to claim it. I think my message <laughs> to Hall fans would be, enjoy Jared Bowen while you've got him. Because he's not staying at Hall past the end of the season, is he? No. No chance. He might even leave in January. And if he leaves in January, they are in a big old problem. I can't... It's, it's hard to disagree with that. They're... Bowen is... Is he the league's best player? He is in the conversation. Mm -hmm. You have got to look at players like Pablo Hernandez and what have you. But I think if you're comparing the player with his teammates and the quality of the side that he's in, he is single-handedly the best player in the league by far. Hmm. And he's still 22 I know, it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. We'll talk a bit more about him in a sec, Justin. Mm -hmm. Final point on this game, Hall have a young player called Keen Lewis Potter, which I enjoy because it sounds like they've just got the names mixed up, wrong around, Keen Lewis Potter. Should be Lewis Keen Potter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Potter Lewis Keen. Or maybe his actual name is Lewis Potter and he's just really keen. Or did you like read the commentary... As it was. No, his name is He's Keen Lewis Potter. Yeah, might be. It does say Lewis um, hyphen Potter on the back of his shirt, which would be a bit weird if that was his full name, but <laughs> you never know. Uh, Stoke 2, Wigan 1, Man Biram Juf scoring late on. They decided to let him back into the training grounds. <laughs> Only his second appearance of the season after falling out of favour under <clears throat> Nathan Jones. His goal got Stoke three points, but they. Probably should have wrapped up the game earlier yeah. because they should have been comfortable, really. They created chance after chance, didn't they? Yeah. Well, we've pretty much said that Stoke about Stoke all season. They, mm. They've always created chances since the start of the season results. I mean, you'd be amiss to, for Nathan Jones to have said the league table's lying rather than Woodgate because perhaps, in a sense, that might have been the case for, for Stoke and Nathan Jones. But he did kind of say it a few times. Yeah. Not, um, not in those direct <coughs> words, but... Indirectly. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a good result. It's two wins on the bounce for Stoke. I know, I know we've been in this position before, um, only five or six games ago, but they're starting to build a bit more momentum. It, it was probably... They scored some ugly goals 
today and without without, without Klukas. So it's, it's it's a good result either way. And as I say, I think I think you'll start to see Stoke just just to slowly rise up the table now. Do you, what do you think's changed under Michael O'Neill? Do you think it's just a case of confidence and putting away chances? They've not had a man manager in the side for at Stoke for a, well for a while. Michael O'Neill's always been sort of described as that sort of manager. Probably why he, you know he's, he's obviously a good organizer because you don't get a Northern Ireland team into the Euros or mm. competing to get into the Euros consistently. Sorry, major tournaments consistently without being a good man and manager and an organized tactician. I think a blend of that. And he's got more experience than both Rowett and Jones, the two previous coaches. He's got a good squad. I think it's a good blend. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see how far he can take this Stoke team. No, absolutely. It's exciting times at uh, at Stoke at the moment. Final point on uh, Michael O'Neill. He has got a lovely accent. The Northern Irish accent is probably up there with... Oh, yeah. The Northern Ireland accent is fantastic, but he has got a particularly nice voice as well. Simi I, I, I just want him to read a bedtime story to me. Yeah, I, I put Graham, Graham Jones in that category as well. To be honest with you, it's like really right, soft I'm, Northern accent. I'm not as <laughs> emphatic about a Nathan Joe. Wait, Graham, Nathan, Jones. Graham Jones. Jones. I'm not as excited about his accent as you are because. I don't, know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> uh, anyway. James McLean, absolutely brilliant in this game. Had more shots than anyone else and created as many chances. It seems like Michael O'Neill is getting the best out of his fellow countrymen. Mm. And before anyone points out, McLean was born in Belfast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I somebody is going to be tweeting me, no, he's Irish. Yeah. No, he's born in Northern Ireland. Okay. okay. Final points. want to give a shout out to Jack Bullant who must have the most assists in the championship this season. Oh, my God. Not for the first time he has made a mistake which costs Stoke a goal. Well, that, that's the difference, I think, with O'Neill coming in because that's happened a lot this season and a lot of the times when it has happened, they've capitulated. Yeah, fair and point. they didn't capitulate. They uncapitulated. Yeah. You talk about the confidence he's given them. You'd have thought Jack Butland would be one of the big benefactors. His fee's just slowly creeping up. Do you think? <laughs> Hope, well, maybe. <laughs> what, what would you say it is at the moment? Can't be double figures, can it? When I say oh, double figures, God, I mean no. like 10 million. No. No. Maybe a bit less. No one's... You can, I can't see any Premier League, Premier League com, coming in for him at the moment. I mean, if I was West Ham United, I'd... Oh, I'd pay anything <laughs> to get rid of Roberto. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, Wigan, their miserable away form continues. Two points away from home this season. Two. Two points, Justin. Why, as a Wigan fan, would you bother going to an away yeah. game? I don't see any point. And nearly a thousand fans went. Because you love your team and it's fairly close. Yeah, fairly close. But why? Why would you yeah. go? You know you're not going <laughs> to get anything from it. It's. It, I'd hate to be that team that, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously being a Derby fan, I'm glad we've played them and beat them, because I'd hate to be that team that loses to Wigan at home. Somebody is going to do it at some point. Well, I mean, Leeds, Leeds did it last season, didn't yeah, they? they have to, don't they? It, it's it's painful. I'd, that result surely has to seal Paul Cook's fate. Yeah, I was going to ask you, why hasn't Paul Cook been sacked yet? This, this is starting to become a weekly rant about Wigan, but... 
I, I take Jamal Lowe as an example. He's got one goal and one assist this season. We we were pushing for him to get a good move, and he and he did get a good move. Although it could have been for a Preston or Blackburn, Blackburn, a team that is a bit more attacking. But it, it obviously it didn't work out. He went to Wigan. It's, it's a fairly good move, but on average, he completes 0.9 dribbles a game. That's not very many. That's not many. That's below the likes of Andy Yeardham. No disrespect to Andy Yeardham, but he's a fullback. And, Love you, Andy. Um, Jude Bennigham, who's a child. <laughs> and Sam Morsey. Who just kicks people. Who just kicks people. He's 75th in that list. He's a winger. And if you can't do that, what's he there for? And as well as that, he averages 2.2 unsuccessful touches a game. Is this a rant about Jamal Lowe or Paul Cook? This is mostly Paul Cook because he's not getting the best out of a good side. Kiefer Moore's got, is it one or two goals now? He scored his first goal the other week, didn't he? It was from the penalty spot. Yeah. They're not creating enough chances for him. He's not getting the best out of the players that he has there. And it's a fairly good squad. It's all right, isn't it? it it's better than what they're putting out at the moment. It's a bottom six squad, I'd say. But at the moment, they're looking <clears throat> destined for relegation. Well, they're sleepwalking into it. They've scored five goals from open play this season, and only one from a counter attack as well. We know they're good from set pieces, but if a team that's so good from set pieces, one of them is good from set pieces. <laughs> why they've conceded seven from set pieces, which yeah. is the second highest in division. If they're so good at scoring them, why can't they defend them? Hmm. This team is going down with Paul Cook in charge. With Paul Cook in charge. If they had someone else, do you think they would still go down? I, I said it in a previous pod. There, there are. There are managers out there that can get more out of this Wigan team. Fair enough. Derby 1, Preston nil. Martin Waghorn with the only goal of the game. Main headline from this, and not to take anything away from Derby, but Preston weren't great. No, they, they were terrible. I wouldn't say terrible. They didn't... Uninspiring. They didn't um, threaten Roos at all. They had a chance in the first half of Bauer. I think he shot over from a set piece and... Again, in the second half, Jordan Story hit the post, but it was quite tame effort. They, I thought they just lacked aggression, and they got bullied in the first half, which, from a Derby team that's depleted with injuries, I expected Preston to walk it. Mm. Preston updates on Twitter says, Dreadful, Derby controlled the game mm. and looked comfortable throughout. Very impressed with their fullbacks. Preston looked limited going forward and never found their rhythm. No. Derby are Preston's bogey team. Do you believe in bogey teams? Oh, God, yeah. Do you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to shoot me down. No, Derby have got a lot of bogey teams. Millwall's one of them. Mm. God, can never beat them. I've been banging the Preston promotion drum emphatically these past few yeah. weeks. And the big concern is obviously the waveform. Just two wins from eight <clears throat> away from home. And I fear that could end up costing them. It, it could. You know, there's there's got to be a balance, hasn't there? I thought, especially yesterday, and I know they set up fairly similar in certain games is they were quite direct at times almost too direct i.e. they were not for lump's sake but just lumping up to Stockley and you know as as, as the Preston fan pointed out they just didn't get into a rhythm Maguire wasn't in the game Bokhausen didn't get into the game Daniel Johnson had limited influence in that final third and I thought Pearson was bullied by the, the two Derby midfielders mm. Um, but as you say, not to take it away from Derby, I thought tactically they got it spot on. Yeah, I'm still keeping the faith with Preston yeah. that they will go up. They need to sort out the away form. Mm-hmm. They've got Hull away on Wednesday. That needs to be three points for me. If not, then we could see Leeds and West Brom create a bit of a gap. Yeah. 
We'll have to wait and see. Alan Brown, very broad shoulders for a slim man. He's Irish. I don't know if that's a thing. That, that makes absolutely no sense no. whatsoever. Derby. Derby's home form is superb. Mm-hmm. They've won the second most points at home this season, behind only Preston. Just one loss at Pride Park. Five points off the playoffs. <laughs> if they stuck with this squad for the whole season, I probably wouldn't give them any hope of finishing the top no. six. But with a certain Mr Rooney entering the fold <laughs> soon, I'd say they've got a chance. I think they're a team that's always going to have an outside chance just because, one, they've consistently done it, and two, there is a quality of player there. They've, they've, Mario's not clicked this season. There's goals mm. there. Waggorn has been inconsistent. There's yeah, goals first there. First goal in eight games, that was. He's one of the worst performing strikers in terms of expected goals in the league. Mm-hmm. And Derby, as you say, are desperate for one of their strikers to get into form soon, aren't yeah. they? Because otherwise they're a bit limited no absolutely however when you've got players like Chris Martin come back into the fold and he's been unreal I think since he's come back in and since since those events and a while ago now Tom Lawrence has been unplayable at at times Um, and as well as that kudos to to Craig Forsyth he's got a bionic knee Absolutely, he's, he's come back from his third cruciate injury. He had a year out, and he put in a display, a display like that at centre say, back, at, at centre back as well. Yeah, when he's a left back, uh, yeah, I love Craig Forsyth. <laughs> I want to give Absolutely a shout out fun. to Curtis Davis mm-hmm. because while your Martins and your Lawrences and your Forsyths are getting the praise for having something to come back from, yep. Curtis Davis himself has had something to come back from because he had I thought his career was over last season mm-hmm. after he suffered what was it ruptured Achilles ruptured Achilles a really bad injury but he is playing superbly mm-hmm. alongside whoever it may be whether it's Clark a young lad or Forsyth who's a left back yeah doing a fantastic job hasn't he as well Derby scored their first goal from a set piece yesterday hallelujah um, after it hit Waghorn in the face yes they all count <laughs> Let's go to the Hawthorns, where West Brom played Sheffield Wednesday. 2-1 it finished after a late penalty mm-hmm. from Charlie <clears> Austin. <throat> ben, saying, ben says, same as every week, played well and conceded a goal in the 90th minute to Costos. And he's right, because Wednesday were very unlucky to have not got anything from this game. 15 yeah. shots to West Brom's nine. And it's performances like these that give me the confidence for them to finish in the playoffs. Even though they didn't get the results, I still think, because of the chances they created in this game... It's promising for whatever their targets are this season. No, they've, they've definitely got the ability and they've got a manager who can organise the side as well. But there's there's a bit of inconsistency starting to creep into Chef Wednesday. They got one win in five. Before yesterday, none of the strikers had scored since September. You know, Fletcher got a penalty, so still haven't really, you know, scored from open yeah, play, yeah, obviously. And the seven wins they've they've got so far, they've come against teams in the bottom eight. So there's there's a definite improvement they've got to make. But, as pointed out, they are creating a hell of a lot of chances. And, as as he said, I they were unlucky not to get anything from the game. That, that game yesterday was probably destined to end in a draw up until a daft challenge from Westwood. Yeah. Playoffs? Just miss out? I think so. I think... I, I've, got, I've got them down as just missing out. Yeah. Well, not by much. They're, they're handling... A transition quite well because they've had to do everything on the cheap because of again FFP and there's a lot of players now who are going to be out of contract that they'll probably look to try and move on 
um, and slowly rebuild. So I, I, I expect it to be a long term. Yeah, absolutely. For Chef Wednesday. I just wanted to quickly point out Liam Palmer's red card. This isn't one of the tackles we were talking about. That was still awful though. <laughs> it was quite funny really, wasn't it? It's just the definition of head's gone. Yeah. Last minute, you're losing fly through the back of someone. Bang. Bang. West Brom, not the greatest performance as we say, mm-hmm. and it's not the first time we've said that actually, no. that they have not played particularly well, but got the three points and it's cliche, but that is a sign of a team doing well. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very confident this West Brom team are going up. No, absolutely. I think that the, the first goal for West Brom epitomised the quality they have. That pass from oh, Pereira was unbelievable. That is a spicy meatball. Yeah, and uh, as well as that, the finish from Robson Carnu. I think it was the the summariser on the the football league show. It's not the football league show anymore. EFL on Quest. That one. They're not paying us. No. Um, Other championship shows are available. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, he pointed out that Robson Carnu's. Retired from Wales duty on his current form, surely he's a he's a shoe in. Well, Keith Moore's starting, isn't he? Exactly. So you'd have thought you'd rather have Robson Carnot than Keith Moore at the moment. Even Keith Moore seems to play better for Wales than he does Wigan because he's got supply. Fair point. And he has got, he <laughs> has got Gareth, Gareth Bell. Bell just behind him, which does help, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I would say this West Brom team they do lack a striker still don't they which is impressive in a way that they're still doing so well at the top yeah. of the table without a striker who's in form maybe how Robson Carnu can count as a striker but he doesn't always play there does he but if they imagine if they had prime Charlie Austin be fantastic wouldn't it I've only ever seen Charlie Austin perform well enough like traditional 4-4-2 get it forward him. Yeah. yeah imagine if they maybe got Dwight Gale back. Don't, don't speculate, Ryan. Well, we don't speculate here. We can talk a bit about that later okay. as well. Uh, Luton won two leads. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Luton, Luton went to Leeds, or Luton v Leeds. It finished two one to Leeds. A late Matty Pearson own goal got Leeds the three points. You'll be surprised to hear that Leeds created a ridiculous amount of chances, but just couldn't put that ruddy ball in the back of the net not heard that before exactly Jordan on Twitter says lots of the ball as per usual I didn't think the late goal would come but good sides in this league grind out results and cliche but it's true we literally just said it exactly a minute ago unbelievable Patrick Bamford two in two now or was it three in two I'm a bit more of a own goal man yeah it was own goal wasn't it I'm surprised there's any argument here. I thought it was a clear Yeah, But there you go. Uh, whatever the case, as long as he puts away one of the million chances he gets, mm-hmm. Leeds should be all right, shouldn't they? Probably could do with a clinical striker, maybe a Dwight Gale. I don't know. You don't speculate, Ryan, I said. <laughs> but yeah, Patrick Bamford, if he puts away chances every so often, a bit more consistently than he did a month ago, then they should be all right, shouldn't they? I mean, it, it's frustrating We've said it many times. Converting chances is still a bit of an issue for Leeds. James, it didn't help that James Shea was in inspired form. Made eight saves yesterday. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, but they, they lack a a natural finisher, I'd say. Bamford, I thought at one point Bamford is that sort of striker back when he was at Borough. But I've not seen it at all when he's been at Leeds. I, I beg to think how how better off they'd be if they still had Kmart Roof. 
Um, but he missed a lot of chances as well. He was guilty of that. But he still, I think he, they'd be better off with him, Fair and enough. not Bamford. However, he's he's started to get in a bit of form. He's scoring goals, and obviously Leeds are still dominating games. But I think Luton could feel a bit unjust. Maybe just one point before we go on to Luton, the foul. Well, tackle before the first goal foul. That's basically in the category of Luton. So we just moved on to Luton. Well, yeah. Did you hear the commentary from the I Follow commentator for Luton? No. Hang on. Hang on, let me get this up. Shinny cuts in field, flicks it off for Brown. Brown turns, he's tricked. Referee's tricked. Oh, come on. <laughs> Izzy Brown there is tricked. I'm gonna have to listen to the rest of that one. Eventually, score from the end of that move, but it, it, it was it a just foul. ends with him going. Bamford scores, but that was a foul. <laughs> He's not very happy. Uh, but yeah, Luton, as you say, maybe a bit unlucky <laughs> here. Sure, they conceded quite a few chances, but it was a good performance, wasn't it? And as you say, James Shea pulling off save after save. He was their number one keeper last season, which makes me wonder why they spent all their money on the human disaster that is Simon Sluger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a bit weird, isn't it? it? You ask questions of the recruitment department. They spend the whole budget on a keeper. Well, he's the only player they paid money for. Yeah, and it's it very is weird. It's frustrating because they could have done with another striker alongside Collins, and maybe a, an assured centre half with Championship experience might have helped him out a bit. Um, I don't know if you could get that for half, half a million, but or a decent striker for half a million in Championship. But anyway. They spent all their money on a keeper who is not a keeper. What is he? I don't know. He's not just, a keeper. He's just crap. That's what he is. You can go off with Roberto and... Wow. Do something with him. Final point, Izzy Brown. Brilliant player. Mm-hmm. Created more chances than any other player on the pitch. It's almost like he was trying to prove a point against a side where he didn't get many chances. It was quality again yesterday. Five completed dribbles yesterday. He's, he's always quality. He is the... Bright spark in that Luton team. Easily. Because Luton do look fairly poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Swansea, nil. Millwall, one. A Jed Wallace free kick wrapped up the points. Millwall's first away win this season. The Gary Barrett effect. One question for you, Justin. Mm-hmm. Are Millwall dark horses for the playoffs? Absolutely. Go on. Gary Rowett is going to take this Millwall side to the next level. I think he, he pointed it out in his post-match presser. Um, that a lot of the hard work was done by Neil Harris and I agree with him um, it just needs a new voice and some new ideas and it's working you know as me saying they're going to they're aside going to the next level whether that's a comfortable top half finish or maybe the playoffs whichever whichever it is they'll, they're going to improve and go on and they've crept up into the top half mm. I'd, I'd, they're one of those teams where you think where are Millwall they're not past 16th 17th no they're 10th yeah Maybe. They are 10th. Yeah. They are 10th. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, as you said, they have got some quality players in there, haven't they? And Rower organises the side so well. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they will be in the top six because there are loads of teams aiming for those positions. But I think they'll definitely challenge for them. Oh, yeah, easily. How did Millwall not get a penalty near the end? Oh, God, yeah. I forgot about that until you mentioned that. Ridiculous. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it's lined him. <laughs> Most obvious pull. <laughs> yeah. Poor Scalach. Unbelievable. Uh, Swansea, Luke says on Twitter, Swansea need another tactic for their home games. All teams are parking the bus and we can't break them down and then they're hitting us on the counter. 
I'm not sure that is the whole story of the match. But there, there was a couple of Millwall fans on Twitter who replied to that tweet saying, we didn't park the bus. What are you on about, mate? But there you go. Uh, but yeah, Swansea's form has really dropped off. Yeah. Three wins in their last 12. Mm. And before that, it was seven wins in eight. Yeah, they they keep having these blips. Mm. Um, I'm quite surprised they're still sixth. Well, I've, I've put down, you know, playoffs, has, playoffs has got to be a minimum for Swansea because after maybe January might be a bit a bit too early, but especially after this season, they're going to have to move certain players on like AU, Baston, Van der Horn, players that are on larger salaries. They're going to have to move them on. So you, you, you'd think that the best chance of keeping them would be a promotion challenge. But as... As we pointed out, they keep having blips. Form's inconsistent now, and it's starting to become a worry. Because even even the goals have started to dry up a bit. Do you see them dropping down the table? It's, it's difficult to answer because they've got players there that can easily pull them back up again. They've got goals in the side. They've got a good style of play, and as well as that, they've they've got a really well balanced team. Um, but it's just not clicking at the moment. Mm. It's just not not quite there. I'd um, say they have got the players for a playoff push, but I think there are three things that are going against them. First is the underlying data, because that shows they're over overperforming mm-hmm. how they're actually doing uh, the form, which we've actually mentioned. And lastly, I just think there are better teams than Swansea at the moment. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Fair enough. Let's head to Griffin Park where Brentford beat Reading 1-0. Ollie Watkins scoring again. His 11th of the campaign. He's just one goal <coughs> behind Mitrovic, now in the top goalscorer race. Five wins in six now for mm-hmm. Brentford. They are the form team in the league, which is unsurprising because right. of their underlying data, mm-hmm. which we have been waxing lyrical about. And we said Brentford were nailed on for the playoffs. I wonder whether they can even go a step further and maybe challenge for the top two. Ooh, it might be a bit of a push given the quality that Leeds, West Brom and Preston have. Preston they, and Leicester. Preston, Brentford have the quality. They, they do, but it was a very slow start to the season that is going to... That can hinder you. Yeah, every team has their bad start. Every team has their bad spells, don't they? And yeah. Maybe Brentford's was just at the start of the season. We've seen teams before who have started off badly and mm-hmm. then go on an incredible run. I mean, you'd think of Fulham a couple of seasons yeah. ago when they finished third or wherever they finished. But they're only four points off Preston in the third. It's possible because of the, the, the quality they have in the squad. But I think Brentford are one of these one of those teams in the past that have given us a bit of false hope. Cause I remember, especially last season, I think it was, I think Frank changed it to a 3-4-3 for the first time and they went on a ridiculous run um, for a while, I think through December and January. Um, and then it tailed off again. So I think he's he's still trying to find his his best team in in a sense because he's got, he's got a lot of depth there. Um, but to, to to be the form side and it not quite it be as good as it could be is still a very good place to be. There you go. Reading first loss for Mark Bowen. Despite their recent form, they're still only 18th, which is quite surprising. Four points from safety. Mm-hmm. Concerning. Um, Which way do you see them going? Is probably a better question. I think we we've said before that they've got the quality in the squad. I'm not Bowen's biggest fan, but he's got something out of this Reading team. 
they could they could avoid the the playoffs. Uh, sorry, not the, yeah, definitely avoiding the playoffs. Um, <laughs> a relegation battle, but when you think of firstly Barnsley and Wigan, who are terrible, yeah, and Luton, Luton and Borough, who can't win games and they can't defend, I think Reading might be all right. Mm. Would you say they're in the category, probably the same category as Blackburn? Looking in, over your shoulder. Looking over your shoulder, but there are some crap teams in the league, and yeah. you're not as crap as them. Yeah. Fair enough. One goal in 14 games for Puskas now. Waste of money. How much did they spend on him? Eight, Eight million. million. yeah. It's not the return you're expecting, really, was it? It was always mm. a bit of a weird transfer in the first place. Oh, well, you got his record, we we questioned his record. It wasn't incredible no. then. And now he's he had that incredible game against Cardiff where it. he blitzed him. And then he's just not really doing anything no. now. No. Uh, Huddersfield won, Birmingham won. Mark Roberts equalising for Blues. What an assist by Trevor Shalaber. I can't remember it. It was... Incredible. He's passed it from his own half. It's not a big ball over okay. the top. It's just cuts open the Birmingham defence. Absolutely sensational. He's got that quality, though. He is one of those players, isn't he, where he stands out on the pitch because of his incredible hairstyle mm-hmm. and because he has really long limbs and he's just an imposing he's, he's big character. Guy, but the Shalaba brothers have absolute wands of right foot. Yeah. Of a right foot. Yeah, absolutely. What did you make of this game? I mean... If there was a game in the championship this weekend that I could see ending in a draw, it was this one. <laughs> <laughs> Birmingham aren't consistent, and Huddersfield away from home. Yeah, and Huddersfield on their day, if they perform well, they can they can nick a win. Or if Colin Grant's on form, they can nick a win. So it was nice to see Fraser Campbell score. Yeah, take the weight off uh, Grant a bit. Um, Forgot Fraser Campbell existed. Yep, yeah, I think everybody did. Didn't realise he was out even at Huddersfield. <laughs> I don't think we've <laughs> yeah. ever mentioned that. Um, so as I say, you know, it was one of them games I could see ending in a draw. It's a, it's not a good result. It's not a bad result for for either team. Huddersfield is performing well, and I think it settles Birmingham down a little bit. They need results like this one because it's a game they they could easily lose one nil as they have done previously this season. Mm. Just one thing I want to say is, what is David Stockdale's purpose at Birmingham City? <laughs> Why? Because uh, Campy got dropped. In fact, that's something we should mention. Campy. Oh, no. That's, that's got to be it now for him. <laughs> if um, the young lad Truman plays well, I, th- I think that's Lee Camp done in the championship. I'm surprised he's got this far. <laughs> but he's 34, 35, and he's... Are you saying we need to put down Lee Camp? Birmingham fans have been asking for Take me to the while. garden. <laughs> Do it quickly. Painless. But it just highlights the awful transfer policy that Birmingham have had over the last few seasons. It's absolutely crippled them. Because they could have had a very good goalkeeper at this level. I mean, David Stockdale's done it before at this level. But they're not playing him for whatever reason. He's on a lot of money. So they've resorted to Lee Camp, who has had his best years. He's definitely had his best years. Um, but it's good to see you know an academy product coming through again at Birmingham, who have one of the best academies in the in the country nice easily Bristol City v Forest finished nil nil. the only thing of note was Ryan Yates got sent off for a drop kick in the second half this is why I swore earlier because this is the other one that enraged me was it a fair red card uh, yeah it was an awful <laughs> tackle it was an absolutely awful challenge and 
being a sceptical Derby fan, he could have got sent off against Derby. Well, yeah, I was going to say that. And he's coming to the side recently, hasn't he? And yeah. He's played really well, but it's two games in a row now where he's done a really nasty challenge. Probably should have been sent off for injuring Matt Clark in the yeah in the there uh, wasn't game. there wasn't the challenges weren't too dissimilar. You know, it was with two feet. Yeah, it was probably a bit harder the Bristol City one than the Derby one, he's, and he's got away with it um, against Derby. But it almost makes me question: Should there be a longer ban for tackles like that? We saw Marvin Johnson do it, where it's over aggressive and it can not be career-ending, but season-ending injury. But sometimes you do get longer bans, don't you? Like, for example, was it when Martin Taylor did that terrible tackle on Eduardo for mm. in Birmingham Arsenal ages ago? Yeah, he got an extended ban. Um, it, it sometimes it just happens. It depends on the tacker, really, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I'd say this Yates one is really bad mm-hmm. because I wouldn't say he meant it, but it, it was, like it was, was more over, intense. It was over aggressive. That's yeah. the thing, and he's he's one of them players, and that's probably what makes him a, a good player. Is that he's he's aggressive, he's tough in the tackle. Mm. If it's just one player who epitomises playing for Nottingham Forest, i.e., passionate and not overexertive, but you know, tough in the challenge. It, it, it's Ryan Yates, and I don't think he meant to do it, but mm. you've got to you've got to question: does it does it have to be a serious injury on a player to justify a longer ban? Well, that's what people were saying about when Hyungmin Son and he injured. Well, I say he injured. Mm-hmm. He did that tackle on Andre Gomez, didn't he? And everyone was saying if Andre Gomez hadn't come out with his foot facing the other way, then he wouldn't have been sent off. Well, no, exactly. And sometimes referees have just got... Well, not referees, but the panels, etc. have got to be a bit more wiser to it. But mm. Let's get back to the game. Yeah. Because it was two playoff contenders, and you said last week you think both of these teams will finish in the top six. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick out one, who would you go with? Uh, I'd, I'd probably edge towards Forest, but I've got... My notes here are quite critical towards Forest. Okay. They, with with a bit more composure in that final third, they'll they'll be, be a, they'll be a lot better off than they are now. You know the the, the side itself can really kick on defensively. They're, they're sound, they're fine defensively, um, and they they have the ability to put to put teams away. But I just expect more. You know, Joe Lolly hasn't scored since October first. Mm. Amiobi has got two in sixteen. Amiobi shoots a lot. He does shoot a lot. In, uh, like, insane amounts. I remember I was looking at him. He was at Bolton last season. Yeah. And he... I looked at a compilation of his goals from last season. He scored some absolute screamers. But mm. when you shoot as much as he does, one, they're going to go in eventually. It's a bit they? like Charlie Adams shooting from the halfway yeah. line. Eventually one will go in. <laughs> um, but without grabbing, you think, Christ, they, they'll be in a different position. Because Rafa Mers. Are you saying they need a new striker? I don't, I'm not saying they need a new striker, but they they need players in there that are going to contribute. Because Could they do with someone like Dwight Gale? We don't speculate, Ryan. It's the third time I've said this now. <laughs> well, we'll get on to that in a sec. Um, one final thing. Why do teams have two people taking corners? Forrest had it in this game. I don't. What's the point? What do you mean two people taking corners? So, yeah, if one person stood one side... And then the other person stood the other side. So it might be an in-swinger or an out-swinger. Mm-hmm. The defence doesn't know. Does it really make that much of a difference? If you're a defender, you're just going to head whatever 
comes into the box, aren't you? I don't see it. Unless you play for Wigan. Then you just concede from set piece. Fair enough. <laughs> or Derby. <laughs> Let's finish off with the Friday night game. It was Fulham v QPR. It finished 2-1. Abubakar Kamara, the hero, on his first league start this season. It leaves Scott Parker with a bit of a good problem, doesn't it? It's, yeah, definitely a nice problem because Kamara added... I'm not saying he's better than Mitrovic, but I thought he added a bit more to the front line than Mitrovic I wasn't did. really looking at Mitrovic, really, because you can't drop Mitrovic. He's the best player in the league. No, but he, you know, that front three was rotating a hell of a lot, and I thought QPR were a bit bamboozled at times. I'm looking more at Nokiart, probably. I thought he played all right. Well, uh, he hasn't QPR. provided a goal or an assist in seven games now. I, I, again, I, I thought he was one of Fulham's best players on, on Friday night. Going forward, he was... At the but he's blown hot and everything. cold this season, hasn't he? He has, but more cold. So are Fulham. Let's be honest. So are Fulham. But the fourth in the table. That's because of Mitrovic. Fair point. You know, Mitrovic, in all honesty, has dragged them further up the table. Yeah. Because he's so clinical. Imagine if they lost him. We didn't think he'd stay but in the summer. Got Kamara. <laughs> Back to brace. He looked good. He looked. He looked really good on um, on Friday night. He, he's one of those players who can be. Really good on his day. Yeah. It's just that day doesn't happen too often. AK-47. Okay. QPR. Josh Josh on Twitter says it was the best he's seen QPR play for a while, but could not keep up the intensity for 90 minutes. Two sloppy soft goals conceded. Could see us sliding down the table at an alarming rate. I think they already are, aren't they? Mm Mm-hmm. Winless yeah. in their last five, twelfth in the championship now. They're in the playoffs not too long ago. And conceding goals like hot knife through butter. I couldn't think of another metaphor. I, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> it's a bit concerning where QPR are going at the moment, isn't it? No, definitely. It's, They're dropping like a lead balloon. Yeah, they almost weren't in the second half at all um, against Fulham. They looked really poor. Uh, they lack They lack a bit of discipline in their play. And there's there's not a lot of balance there. It's as soon as you as soon as the ball's in motion, it's get it forward. You know they they lack a bit of a controller in the midfield. I think they yeah. they, they have one of the, they have that type of player in there and a bit more experience. I think they start to manage games a lot better because we know what they can do going forward. It's just adding that bit extra. The defenders are well, the goals great. are drying up now which is mm. one of the problems as well. So uh, let's move on then. We've got to r- r- rush through the in other news bit, Justin. We'll start off with some transfer gossip. I know you love it. We don't speculate, right? The Daily Star. The says, Daily Star. <laughs> says Newcastle wants to sign Jared Bowen, but are willing to wait until the end of the season. He's going to go to the Premier League, isn't he? I can't see him going to the Championship mm, Club. Maybe. Unless someone really forks out. But I, I'd imagine... Unless it's somebody like West Brom who looked destined for the Premier League. Well, Leeds went for Daniel James last season. And a player who's out of contract isn't going to demand a big fee. I'd say Jack Bowen's better than Daniel James. Ma- oh, God, yeah. I'd agree with that. I, I would as well. I, I think a lot of people who are listening to that will say, one's playing for Man U. But Jared Bowen in that Man U side would be unbelievable, I think. He's got a very good agent, Daniel James. Sky Sports, Villa still want Saeed Benrahma. Well, Villa, I think Dean Smith came out and said they're not going to spend 
in January, so I don't know what's going to happen. I hope he doesn't go because he's one of the best players in the league, isn't he? And he's he? not really got going yet. Yeah, he's not been in fantastic form, but I still imagine Brentford want to keep hold of him as much as they can. Uh, Daily Star again. Leeds want Mate Vidra. They wanted him last summer, didn't they? Yeah, before he moved to Burnley. Burnley. Interesting one because it kind of makes sense as well, doesn't that would it? Be, he, that would be a good signing. He has got a fantastic record at this level. Yeah. As a Derby fan, I'd be, I'd be incredibly bitter, but he's he's he seems a really nice guy and he's a fantastic finisher. He just, he just seems a lovely man. Okay. Never really <laughs> thought about it. Just always smiles. Finally, and this is a new weekly feature I'm introducing. It's called Who's Been Linked with Dwight Gale This Week? This week it's Forrest. Okay. He's going to move to somewhere in January, isn't he? I think so, yeah. Where do you see him going? Who needs him most? West Brom? I'd say West Brom. If, if he's in that West I Brom side... Say, I, I wouldn't say West Brom need him, but he'd fit in perfectly there. He'd, he? he'd score goals, but I don't think West Brom would go for him just because they've spent big on Zahor and Austin. So I think, as I was pointing out, goals-wise, Forrest is a, is a good shout. Yeah. And they'd, I think they'd be willing to pay. That's the end of the transfer speculation section excellent Pablo Hernandez has signed a new contract at Leeds it will keep him at the club until 2022 and he'll be 37 by that point doesn't matter he's a wizard he gets better with age he's not particularly quick and all you need to do is make in that Leeds team is have a good be, cardiovascular system and be willing to run exactly that's all we ask Kiefer Moore has revealed that he could have been forced to retire after fracturing his school playing for Barnsley earlier this year or last season. Yeah. And that sort of makes you think, God, his record last season was incredible. Mm. Mm. Definitely. You want to quickly touch on the championship team of the decade? Yes. Yes, I that do. We, we posted this on Twitter. Um, I'm quite happy with mine. I'm, I, didn't, I didn't get much stick for mine. I got Your, a lot of Yours stick. did. <laughs> um, so basically, just to explain for anyone who didn't see it, <coughs> we made our championship teams of the decade. Uh, posted them on Twitter to see what people think, and we got absolutely slaughtered for it. Um, mainly you. Yeah. I don't. Uh, let's let, let's bring up the controversial ones. Tomins first of all. Tomins. Tomins. I've had the pleasure of watching him as a as a Derby fan for two and a half seasons. Um, he's he's a quality player. That left foot is majestic. Okay. Richard Keogh. Richard Keogh. Controversial, but is there a defender that has consistently been in the championship and been at the top of the top of the championship over the last seven years? Two years prior to that, so he's he's actually been playing championship football for nine years. Okay, um, sorry, I've lost the table. Who else did you have in there? David got... Nugent. Yeah, I think Nugent's fine. Nugent's fine, but a lot of people questioned it. He got promoted with Leicester and Borough. And he was key for Derby for eighteen months, and he's he, you know his record. He's got eight to nine goals in the last nine years, and that's two and a half seasons in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. He's fourth on the the list of top goal top goal scorers this decade. Justified. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Um, Who's your goalkeeper? Tom Heaton. No, that's fair. Kieran Trippier is my right back. Has he played much in the Championship this day? He had four seasons in the Championship in which he got in the PFA Team of the Year twice and he got uh, 30, 
30 odd assists in that time I'll take your word that's, for it. that's one season at Barnsley as well and to wrap up the in other news section detectives in County Durham have thanked honest residents who have repeatedly handed in bundles of cash which keep mysteriously turning up in their village fools wads of £2,000 keep turning up in the street in Blackhall Colliery it's reported to have happened 12 times since 2014 and they're just the ones that have actually been handed in that's 24 grand weird isn't it that is it do you want to speculate what's happened uh someone's misplaced their pension fair enough by pension i mean drug money <laughs> let's do some polls just in at the start <coughs> of this episode we asked you three questions first of all will jared bowen leave hull in january i think so yes said got 71 percent yes said what i don't know 71 <laughs> percent of people said yes can millwall challenge for the top six this season not get in challenge i think they can challenge 92 percent said no false i've got no words <laughs> and for the final time final time ever we're asking is a hot dog a sandwich yes or yes 69 percent said yes and the other 31 percent said, said yes so, a hot dog is a sandwich. There we go. Get in. We've done it. <laughs> Finally, let's go to the Craig Bryson pub quiz, Justin. I am going to give Justin a mystery player who has made over 200 championship appearances and will have played relatively recently. First clue, I have made 204 appearances in the championship, <sighs> just, making, just it in, making it in, scoring no goals. Connor Salmon. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> 202 of those appearances for were for one club. The other two were for Fulham. <laughs> what? What do you mean, what? Just two appearances for Fulham. Yeah. Clearly got injured and got released. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Christ. I don't know. You want to move on? Yeah. I've also made over 100 appearances in the Premier League. For the likes of Everton and Wolves. Everton and Wolves. Oh. <clears throat> Is he a championship legend? Yeah. Okay. No goals. He's got to be a goalkeeper. Might be. Defenders score goals. Tony Hibbert didn't. Is it Tony Hibbert? He's not Tony Hibbert. <laughs> <laughs> I have nine caps for my country. The first one coming in 1994. The final one coming in 2011. It's a goalkeeper. It's got to be a goalkeeper. So, 200 appearances for one club. 202, sorry. And two for Fulham in the Championship. He's yep. also played for Everton and Wolves. Marcus Hanneman. Oh, fuck off. It is, isn't it? <laughs> How did you get that? How? Because I don't know, it's a good, it's a good point. If you just, I think it, you, if you, the debut was nineteen ninety four, right? Um, and goalkeepers only play that long. Fair enough. Or the other two clues. The other clues were: I won the championship in two thousand and six. Yeah. I thought that might give it away. Yeah. And the final one was: I retired in twenty fourteen, and I'm now a soccer coach at Newport High School in Washington State. Yeah. I thought because. You might get that because of America. Like that. Is he a championship legend? I think so, yeah. That, he was part of that Reading team, that exactly. 106 exactly. points. Yeah, I'd put him down as a championship legend. Yeah, yeah I'll give you that. 
There you go. That's been the Second Tier Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you haven't listened to the Second Tier Meets in midweek, we spoke to the 20s mm-hmm. Plenty campaign and spoke about ticket pricing in the Championship. So if you're interested in that, which clubs are particularly bad for ticket pricing, what's being done to try and lower ticket prices in the Championship, make sure you listen. That's in your podcast feed. We'll be back again in midweek because there are midweek games just in. There's going to be no Second Tier Meets this week. It's going to be straight up Championship midweek games. We are overindulging listeners with the second tier meets. There won't be one every week, will they? Might be. Um, yeah, there could be, but don't expect one every week. No, we have to. Know. We have to treat people. You feel well. Sometimes I like to treat our listeners. It's a gluttony of podcasts. We I need like to... to keep them keen. Okay. And on that note. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. We'll be back again on Thursday. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin. While the Glow & Go facial set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM.